0: Hi everyone! My name's Nicole. I'm Brenna. I'm Reed. And this is Fit Click. This is a podcast where we talk about fanfiction. Each episode, the three of us bring our individual fics to discuss as a group. Brenna, what did you bring for this episode? Yes, my fic for this week is called Freaky Friday by
1: Hardly the Wiser. It is for a fandom we haven't discussed before, which is basketball RPF, Um, (laughs) a sport I know a lot about. (laughs) Uh, This is like a body swap fic. It's pretty fun. It's readable with knowing pretty little, I think, so I'll give some context before we get into it, but, um, yeah. New. Exciting. Read. what did you bring?
2: I've also got a new and exciting <laughs> fandom for the pod today! Wow! Wow. Also, sports, this was not planned. Um, my fic is Shiver by Yu underscore Chi, and it is a Haikyuu fic, um, which is an anime. Honestly, I also don't think you need a ton of context for it, but I, of course, as always, will provide that when we get into my fic discussion. But, Nick! Uh Uh-huh? What are you bringing?
0: Ooh, I am bringing... I would say it's less of a fic and more of an experience. No sports, unfortunately. Uh, Well, I guess technically sports. Don't worry about the sports too much. Neither of you, I don't think, got sports stuff. But it is a playable game. It is also for a fandom that we haven't done before, but I will say that the fandom is... Um, I'm sure if you know the fandom that you will appreciate this even more, uh, but the fake gives you a lot of context and grounds you in the world and you're not really playing as any of the characters of this book, which is The Affair of the Mysterious Letter by Alexis Hall. Um, it's sort of a Sherlock Holmes adaptation. This is a game. It is hosted both on AO3 and on Twine, as well as exclusively via MP3s if you want to just listen. Um, I found the text being there very helpful personally. Um, But I am absolutely stoked to talk about this. Um, Oh, yeah, I forgot. There's a lot of authors and creators. I also,
2: did you give the title? Nope.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. It is called Eldritch Detective The Case of the Startled Salon. And it was made by a bunch of people including, well, this is just all of them, uh, (laughs) (laughs) Er Erciad SLV, Compass Rose, L underscore Doves, Eljavel, Epaulettes, Kit KitKat50311, Maons Ondine, Minipods, and CC underscore Rambles. So all of those people had some part in this, whether it was writing, uh, lending their voices, coding the game, creating the cover art, etc., etc.
2: If you've been around for a while, or if you've just gone back and listened to some of our earlier episodes, you might know that for episode 7, Welcoming in the Winter, we did a a, a fun little intro, I think, um, that many people enjoyed. Uh, at the time, Brenna and I had both signed up for Yuletide and were struggling a little bit with our stories, so the three of us as hosts decided to, on the spot, create a fic. Um... It got a little off the rails, but I, there were some good ideas in there, I think.
0: Yeah, you used them for your Yuletide fic, right?
2: <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> Gender Bent, Pennywise, and Elizabeth Bennet in space mm-hmm. absolutely showed up well, in my uh, fic.
0: The, no, it wasn't exactly that, but the influence was the there. The influence, yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> I mean, I would still read that fic. Like, if someone wrote
1: that for Yuletide, I'd be, like, clicking on it immediately. <laughs> I don't even, I I feel deeply unsettled by Pennywise, but I would still read it. <laughs>
2: Um, we had a lot of fun with it, and a lot of you also seemed to enjoy it, and asked us to maybe do it again in the future, and given that at the time of recording, Yuletide nominations have opened up, we thought this would be a good time to bring it back. Um, I'm a little bit afraid. I feel great. Me too. So the way that we did this last time is we just went category by category, taking turns, Mm -hmm. um, trying to do it as quickly as we possibly could. Uh... Same strat this time. Brenna?
1: So we're creating this fic in the order of a new work post on AO3. So the first category is rating. I'm going to rate this general audiences.
2: Okay, next is archive warnings. Uh, I'm going to say chose not to warn
0: fandom the Cordelia movie poster but like the story that people actually thought was there with like a a sort of I guess a, a a gen version of like a sexy governess pushing a man up against a wall in a period piece not what is apparently a horror story oh okay. just want to clarify
1: yeah I like that um the category I'm gonna go other oh, <laughs> oh. I don't even know what that
2: means to be honest we'll find out I guess Okay, well, relationships for this thing that I am definitely aware of what it is and did not just see the poster fleetingly and didn't look into it at all. Uh, se- sexy governess <laughs> and wallpaper. Oh, hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, it, well, it says Brenna said other, and and, and that's oh, that's a good point. <laughs> I'm doing my best. Okay, so the characters
0: are definitely the sexy governess. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say also Cordelia. I don't know if those are supposed to be the same person or not, but we're going to get a little wild here. Okay. I'm going to say anthropomorphized wallpaper. Yes. Non-anthropomorphized wallpaper. Okay. Steve Rogers. (laughs) Okay. He's just, he's there. We'll worry about why later. And I will also add styles from Teen Wolf.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, so for some additional tags, um, I will add in huddling for warmth, Mm. arson, No. (laughs) Too much (laughs) work. Wallpaper is highly flammable, you guys. (laughs) That's true. Um, Domestic fic. Like, curtain fic. Mm -hmm. Um, And making s'mores.
2: The work title is... Anyway, here's parentheses animate and parentheses wonderwall. Oh my god. Wow, well, I hate
0: you. That's actually one of the worst things you've ever said. I really like that read.
2: Thank you, Brenna. My only co-host. Oh
0: my god. Uh, okay, well,
2: creators, I think just us. Ficklick mm-hmm. yeah. at AO3. Ficklick pick at AO3. Uh, so, Nick, why don't, why don't you take us into a summary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: Cordelia knew as soon as she hired the sexy governess that these walls would start talking.
2: um <laughs> brenda why don't you give us a, a note at the beginning um
1: what do you even say for an author's note for this thing? <laughs> hey hey what's up um all right so i think i'll say something like so i'm aware that this movie hasn't actually come out yet so a lot of this is speculation on our parts as authors but from the uh content released so far this is like we're pretty sure this will be like canon compliant for the most part. Um, I really am really excited for this movie release, and I hope you guys enjoy this work. Yeah, trigger warnings for for arson, I think. Um, <laughs> but it is mostly off screen since I did make this general audience. <laughs> off screen arson.
0: <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen that one before. <laughs> I mean, I really haven't read any fix with arson. I don't think. Yeah. I think I have, but I don't know that they were framed as fix about ours. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. Wow, do you want to give us an end note then, Reed?
2: Yeah, I would love to. Um, the end note says, Thank you so much for reading. If you enjoyed, please comment below with your favorite pattern of wallpaper. XOXO. <laughs> okay, nice. You gotta, you gotta be affectionate at the end. <laughs> <Yeah,
0: of course. laughs> Let your readers know you appreciate them. <laughs> That's a perfect fic. I think that's a very good
1: fic, honestly.
2: I know that we said the creator was ficlic at AO3, but mm-hmm. Ficlets, if you feel inspired by this, please yeah, yeah, feel yeah. free. <laughs>
1: the creator could be yeah. you.
2: Bring this story
1: into the world. Mm-hmm. These ideas are up for grabs. We're just putting them out there for
0: everyone. Yeah. Also, we didn't even get into how you could utilize some of the side characters. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of room mm-hmm. for interpretation. Yeah, should we give it one more go?
2: I think so. Why not? It it has not gone poorly so far. Yeah, only good ideas (laughs) Uh on this podcast. We've only
0: created good content, I think.
2: Okay, this one's gonna be rated
0: teen and up. This is gonna have major character death. Okay.
1: Oh god, we haven't used that one yet. No, I love it. I'm unwilling to choose.
0: Yes,
2: let's do it. Okay, so fandoms, we've got Lord of the Rings, Mm. Emma, the book. Not any of its adaptations. Actually. Oh? Yeah, yeah. You know what? Fine. Sure. Emma the Book. Um, and also, I was gonna throw in a movie and now I'm worried you haven't seen it. I don't know. I was gonna say, like, bend it like Beckham, but...
0: Oh, that's a soccer movie. I've seen it. Oh,
2: okay. Crush it. Yes. So, uh, (laughs) oh, actually, can I change that to She's the Man? Oh, absolutely. Okay, perfect. So, the fandoms are, uh, Lord of the Rings, Emma, Book, and She's the Man. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Um... This is,
0: uh, okay, yes, this is going to be tagged, uh, category-wise, F slash F, F slash M, and M M/M. slash M. Okay, let me come up with some relationships you got for this. The <laughs> characters I definitely remember their names.
1: <laughs> All right, so for relationships, I'll go with Legolas slash Mr. Knightley. Nice. Um, I'll go with Emma slash... Amanda Bynes's character and She's the Man, who I think is named Viola. Sharon's. And we'll go with I need a heterosexual pairing. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna go with Arwin slash Channing Tatum's character, Duke.
0: Yeah.
2: That works. So for, for characters. Yeah. Um beyond the ones in the relationships. Mm-hmm. Um we have Samwise Gamgee, Smeagol. oh, <laughs> <laughs> The One Ring, I think that's a character. I think it counts. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember anyone else from Emma the Books, so we're gonna skip that one. Rip, sorry. Brutal. And from She's the Man, I will go with uh, Olivia, and also Viola's twin, S- Sebastian. I think mm. is his name, Sebastian. Mm-hmm. Yes. And <laughs> S- Sourball. <laughs> <laughs> okay. As a character, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> well, you I should know? have said like a one ring slash soccer ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, you you still could retroactive tagging. That's true.
0: <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's gonna be interesting because um, some of the additional tags on this are miscommunication, office politics, uh, modern AU slash office setting. Um. Business negotiations, getting together, friends to lovers, enemies to lovers, inanimate objects to lovers, inanimate and animate objects to lovers, actually? Is the ring animate? I don't- well,
1: no, but I think it is, like, I think we could argue that it's, like, sentient.
0: Yeah, 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 that makes sense. Um... Oh, God, I forgot there's major character death on here. <laughs> oh, so
2: did I. Yeah, I was about to
0: be like, and who dies? I know. Well, I can't I can't spoil that in the tags. No, that's going to be at the end, the
1: end note. So whoever gets that gets the most
0: power. So for now, I'll just say angst, crying, hospitals, sad, unhappy ending, slash open ending. Both are going to be tagged just to cover our bases. Mm-hmm. Give us a title. Okay, I kind of want to use, like, the
1: full lyric from Taylor Swift's uh, You Belong With Me that's like, she wears short skirts, I wear t-shirts, she's cheer captain, and I'm on the bleachers. Half of that can be in parentheses, though. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you
0: know which half or no? The first. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Thank you. I'm into it. It's, like, a little bit of a
1: reference to, like, she's the man, too, and, like, the Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. sort of watching your, like, love interest play a sport kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. High school
0: vibes in our
2: office setting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So for for summary for this very cohesive fic, it starts with the room is all but silent, save for the beep of a heart monitor in the background. Legolas lightly <laughs> says, "Go on, go on. Uh-huh. Hold on. <laughs> I've invested." Legolas.
0: What do your elf eyes see? Jesus. (laughs) Hold on not time. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry.
2: (laughs) Okay, I can get through this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Legolas, what do your elf eyes see? Legolas sighs heavily. Nothing good. And that's the (laughs) summary. Whoa.
0: That's pretty good. How long is this fic
2: (laughs) to have all of this stuff 72k. Oh,
0: okay. That's actually shorter than I was expecting, to be honest.
2: I think I think it's it's manageable. I feel
0: like it's seventy-two k, but in like sixty chapters. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that's probably true. Yeah, so the 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 beginning notes are like, "Hey, welcome to this uh, start of a journey." I've had this idea bouncing around for so long. My friends and I um, always talk about it when we're just hanging out, you know. Um, But we thought it was finally time to put it on paper and share it with you all. So. it gets a little bit sad at points, but, like, I think that we're all here for the same reason, right? To cry about Legolas. So, I hope that you enjoy this story. Um, Yeah, I'll see you in the end notes. Um, Just to clarify, are these going to be, like, the end notes for, like, chapter 60 end
1: notes? Or yeah, like... yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, we'll do the, like, very, very end notes. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Uh, wow, what a wild ride this has been. Thank you for sticking with us. I know our updating schedule wasn't perfect, but we did the best we could in these unprecedented times. Oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, we hope you enjoyed this story of love, loss, and reordering office supplies. Um, I know that Mr. Knightley's death may have come to as a shock to some of you, but um, we really thought it made the most sense for the story we were trying to tell. Uh, I hope you enjoyed. If you do, leave us a note. Also, like and subscribe to our podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it when you leave us a review. Um, All right. See you next time. Bye.
0: That's good. good. Sorry,
2: let me just clarify that the ending note does say, all right, see you next time. Bye. Bye.
0: (laughs) Yes. Well yeah, because okay. they're gonna do their next fic.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's this is this is part one of a series.
0: Yeah. yeah. See
1: you next week for the beginning to a new story. Woo. and like you discover this fic like the spin-off
0: from Smeagol's
2: POV. <laughs> oh god. Oh god. I was gonna say you discover this fic like three or four years like after the first one's uh-huh. been posted, and like the first one is 72K, and then you click on series, mm-hmm. and the total word count is uh one million two hundred and forty-seven thousand words.
0: Totally, three hundred ninety six. <laughs> yeah, their only works ever on Ao3. Or yes, like yes. in This specific yeah, yeah. series. <laughs>
1: well, it's like one of the three authors has like a lot, and the other two have zero other works posted to
0: their <laughs> profiles. I feel like we really stayed true to the author profile we created here. This one felt like we transcended ourselves.
2: Oh, I think so. We we were communicating at a higher frequency altogether mm-hmm. mm-hmm. to craft something I think really beautiful. That'd
1: be a good uh, tag for a future one, communicating at a higher frequency.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Save that for next year's Yuletide. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Now that we've created some fics that may never exist, let's talk about some fics that were created by authors in the past. (laughs) (laughs) Why is that so ominous?
1: Alright, so my fic for this week is called Freaky Friday by Hardly the Wiser. Um, Like I mentioned previously, it is a basketball RPF fic. Uh, The ship in this fic is Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. Um, Apologies to any of our ficlets who are invested in basketball and know things about these players. I don't, so um, I'm going to give some context best I understand it, but you will also probably think. I'm a fool, so I'm just going to put that out there ahead of time. Um, Also, again, as always, like, if RPF about real people makes you uncomfy, feel free to skip to the next section where we talk about anime characters. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, so like I've said before, this is a body swap fic. Um... There aren't really tags on this fic, um, so I just want to give a couple sort of, like, warnings for our readers. Um, it definitely deals with some internalized homophobia, and there is an instance of one of the characters using, um, like, a homophobic slur, so... Just keep an eye out for that. Um, And also this fic is fairly explicit. Um, This is obviously not the first explicit fic that we've brought and then not talked about the explicit parts of (laughs) on the pod. But just again, because (laughs) this doesn't really have a lot of tags, if you do want to go read this and that's not something that you vibe with, just a heads up. All right. So just like the the briefest amount of context that you need to like read and understand this fic, I think, are that these two players um, who in the fic are uh, generally referred to as Russ and Kevin, or sometimes KD. Um, so these two players um, were friends and teammates for a long time playing for Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, they were very close stars of the team, etc. They, as far as I know, were like a pretty good team, but they did not make the finals or like win any of the championships during the time that both of them played on this team. Um, then postseason a couple years ago, uh, Kevin Durant, Katie, Kevin, as this fic calls him, uh, he signed with the Golden State Warriors instead, who I think OKC had just lost the tournament to, the whatever round they were playing. I don't know sports very well. I'm so sorry. The finals, (laughs) Um, I think, from Molly's talk, right? Okay. Details are not always my strong suit. I'm sorry, ficlets. Um... (laughs) So we have read for. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. Um, but yeah, I think they had just lost to Golden State. Um, Katie signed with them and didn't really tell Russ like before leaving. Like the sort of lore around it is that he probably just like texted him at the same time that pretty much like the news broke. That was bad. Uh <laughs> they had like a major falling out. Um I think it was like pretty well known like sports gossip kind of. Um I think the narrative is sort of like friends to rivals um within like the sports world. My friend pointed to like uh like a tr- like a an advertisement the ESPN had made that like basically watches like a fan video. Um so that's basically what you need to know for this. Like they used to be really close. Uh, But at the time of this, like, fic taking place, and I think probably presently in the real world, although I don't really know, they are not friends and probably not really talking. Um, In the fic, because this is fan fiction, and these are fictionalized versions of these characters, and the things that we're talking about are not real life, um, they were in a relationship back when they played together as teammates. So that's sort of the context and history that you need to know if you want to enjoy this fic, and also for our discussion of it. Yeah, I really like this. I think it's fun to read a body swap fic where like the people don't like each other when they're being put in each other's places. Um, And I thought it was a really great use of trope to sort of elevate what already existed in a relationship um, and to sort of draw out a particular type of conflict and like the resolution of that. Um, But before we get into it too far, I would like to know what my hosts think, my co-hosts think.
0: (laughs) <laughs> you're the host <laughs> it makes you sound like a parasite <laughs> yeah that's why i was just thinking <laughs> wow brenna is sneaky
2: <laughs> brenna is sneaky uh
0: brenna i love your jock energy uh in that intro it was very good
2: um <laughs> you can really just tell that brenna is a die-hard basketball fan yes i like, do
1: it, like i like the sport of basketball i just don't follow professional basketball Mm -hmm. at all like I'm not anti-basketball I just like don't watch a lot of sports so yeah and that's
2: fair
0: I think that's valid (laughs) uh I too do not watch much basketball Uh, it was always a thing where like if someone else was watching it and I happened to be in the room I wasn't mad about it um I have never voluntarily sought out basketball to watch myself um, and I don't, I, I don't follow the news either, really, around these things. Um, I really only knew who these people sort of were and what their vague relationship arc was like before uh, reading this fic, because Brenna and Reed had told me about it with varying levels of passion. And I was like, <laughs> whoa.
1: <laughs> <Neat>. <laughs> well, one of our friends is very passionate about it, and mm-hmm. you know how fandom works. Sometimes you
0: pick up those feelings. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so it was really interesting to come into this feeling like, like a, like a local, basically. (laughs) Yeah, it was fun. It's, it really was very different from the other body swap fake that we did, which is, um, the blow when it lands. We did it a little bit earlier, um, where, yeah, the, the two characters were like, they liked each other so much and they were mutually pining but like in a nice way and like took care of each other's bodies and then this fic you have like russ spite eating in and out in kevin's body <laughs> it's very good the writing was excellent i thought that the prose was really tight and that it also was very incisive which i always appreciate in a fic where the characters are supposed to be kind of mean and angry like ooh they were kind of mean and angry, but in a way that I was really into, I thought it was really well executed. Um, I loved the resolution. I'm sure we'll talk about it later. But um, one thing with body swap fake always is, like, how do they go back into their bodies? What is needed from them, usually emotionally, within the narrative? And I thought that the way this was handled was just excellent. I really liked it. Yeah, I mean, I I had an enjoyable time reading this fic, where for most of it, I was like, what's happening? Any character who was not Russ or Katie, I was like, who's that? Uh," Kept reading. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, whatever. (laughs) Just kind of kept rolling through it. It largely did read as original fiction for me, but like, in a way that I liked.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I'm very much on the same page. Um, As Bren said, like, one of our mutual friends is very into basketball. So I had read, like, I think two other basketball fics before this and I thought this was one of them and then I started reading it and I was like <laughs> nope um it was very very good um as both Grant and Nick have alluded to I really loved how different this body swap fic was to the other one that we did and to most body swap fics I yeah. think that I read um because I think there is so often a narrative of like I'm going to take care of this body I'm in and immediately Ross is like absolutely not in addition to In-N-Out he like goes and dresses in some wild outfits and like doesn't really care if like Kevin's being photographed and like all sorts of stuff.
0: Buys Um, a robe.
2: He buys a robe. (laughs) Yeah. Um and one of the things that I really love about the body swap trope always is like the question of what is innate to someone's body and sort of what is in their head. Um because I think you get a lot of that in this trope of like a body instinctually wanting to do something or someone like fighting against an instinct or trying to sort through emotions that they don't know if they are their own or coming from something else um and i thought this fic executed that so well and in such an interesting way given what the relationship of the two characters was at the beginning of the fic i also just thought it was really funny that like they swap and there's like a a mention at the very beginning that russ is sort of like the adrenaline dies down and he's wondering what's going on and then they're just sort of, like, I don't want to say cool with it because they very <laughs> much are trying to, like, swap back. But they're in this fic, there was no, like, oh my god, like, how did we switch? Like, how did this happen? Which I, like, think makes sense in a lot of body swap fics. Like, characters do spend a lot of time, like, researching on the internet and, like, finding bad resources. None of that in this fic. Um, they do way, watch thought was really Freaky fun. Friday together. So that's They the do research, watch Freaky I Friday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: As you were saying that in, in the intro, Brian, as you were like, my fic is called Freaky Friday. Did I know that was the title of this film? <laughs> no, I just clicked on the little link that you put in the spreadsheet and opened it, and immediately scrolled. <laughs> That's fair. I had a note that was like, "Oh, they watch Freaky Friday. That's cute. That makes a lot of sense." Uh huh.
1: Because I think um, one of them mentioned it on, like their very first phone call. One of them is like, "Okay, I'm gonna go watch Freaky Friday. Like, bye yeah. forever." Um, and then they actually watch it together.
2: Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, but I just thought that was like so fun and funny. Um. We've talked in the pod a couple times about the different ways that, like, an author will incorporate sort of classic things from a trope or, like, choose not to, and I enjoyed seeing all the ways that played out in this fic. I, yeah, I really liked it. Yeah, I mean,
1: honestly, like, the biggest reason I've had this sort of in my mind for a while is just because I think the trope is used really differently than, like, how I usually read it, and I was actually kind of planning to save it, like, if we ever did, like, a body swap, like, trope episode or something, So I thought that this would be a cool contrast, but... We're just talking about it now, (laughs) because sometimes that's how this podcast goes. Um, But yeah, I think like right off the bat, this really like grabbed me with the characterization and how like fast the writing is. Like it's just very quick-witted, I think, and really builds a lot of characterization very fast. Like you get a really good sense of who Russ and Katie are, even without knowing much about them as people. Like I don't know things about these people. So, it could also be, like, that this fic is kind of different than, like, some basketball viewer's, like, impression of Kevin Durant. But for me, I loved him in this fic. Um, I think, like, one of the things that won me over so fast, and Nick kind of mentioned this too, is just, like, right at the beginning, all of these kind of little spite things that Russ does. None of them are, like, truly N- like mean like horrible um he could have done like some really horrible things if he really wanted to like ruin kevin's life or something like now he has full control but instead what he does is like pick out some really like silly looking clothes on kd and like eat in and out and like one of the lines i love the most is like he goes through this drive through and it's like the girl at the pickup window recognizes him and gasps and rushes, just smiles leaves a- <clears throat> Russ just smiles, leaves her a couple thousand dollar tip. Maybe she'll tweet about it and someone will write a stupid piece about whether he's losing his edge. Russ can dream. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's just so good. All of these, like, little, like, pinpricks of kind of, like, Russ's edge of annoyance and hurt with Katie still. But also, like, you know, like, you still do trust him in this fic. Like, even though there is this big hurt between them, I'm not like, oh my god, like, Russ and Katie's body is going to go out and, like, truly ruin his career or something like that. Like, it's just all of these sort of, like, little personal, like, stabs. (laughs) Like, if someone got switched into my body and they started, like, eating olives or something, like, a food I hate, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Like, I'd be really mad about it, but it wouldn't actually, like, hurt me.
2: (laughs) Well, according to this fic, if they did that, that would really just hurt them because – there is a bit where Katie and Russ's body tries to have a kale smoothie, <laughs> and then has to run to the that's sink true. and spit it out because it's gross. And Russ is like, "Yeah, I hate kale." That's
1: true. That's, that's true. Treated. So you probably wouldn't want to eat olives in my body. No. Um, okay, noted.
2: noted. noted. Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus. What are you planning on swapping into and body? I'm not body planning, Jackson? but
0: I can't. I can't predict what will happen in the yeah. future. That
2: is true.
1: Like as we know from fanfic, sometimes there's a reason, but sometimes it just happens. So you really can't predict.
2: Although, speaking about mannerisms in people's body, Mm -hmm. one thing that this fic does that I think is always really interesting in body swap fics is, um, it's always, like, a line that's something, like, like, when Russ is looking at his own body, the expression is, like, distinctly Kevin, and I feel like that is a sort of idea or, like, a theme that comes up in body swap fics quite often, and I always find it so interesting because, like, would I be able to clock that about someone like like maybe, like mannerisms make sense, but it's it there's always something about the lines where it's like the expression is so distinctly mm-hmm. the other person mm-hmm. that I find so interesting. and I spend so much time like trying to visualize like what that looks like for those characters? I don't know,
0: right. Like is that something that actually would be the case, or is it kind of wishful thinking on the author's part that like they would recognize each other so easily?
2: like convenient mm-hmm. for fan fiction purposes? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I do I've think sometimes stopped. there's, like, a
1: particular expression some someone I know, like, in real life will make that I think is, like, a very them expression. Sure. But I think those are, like, not super common. I think mannerisms and stuff are a lot more, like, identifiable for most of the people I know.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. One other thing I wanted to talk about, um, because I I don't think this was mentioned in content warnings, Bren. is that there's infidelity in this fic? Oh, you're right. I didn't mention that. Sorry. Okay. (laughs) You're fine. (laughs) Uh, I didn't put it in my notes
1: about content warnings in my notes, so...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's interesting because this fic has virtually no tags on it. Um, I went in and go, like, it's a body swap fic. I knew almost nothing else. I was like, all right, let's go, baby. (laughs) I also read it, like, back-to-back with Reed's fic, so it was an (laughs) interesting experience. Um, But it caught me off guard a little bit, and it was interesting because I think a lot of the emotions I often associate with infidelity and fic weren't necessarily there here, because it just felt like Russ had been checked out for a while of the relationship that he was in, that he, like, had been trying so hard to make it work, but that, like, I don't know, at the end of the day, the fic really tried to make the case that it, it was an unfair relationship to put his, like, boyfriend at the time in. I don't know, it's interesting. I think it... Ficklets, you might know this about me. I, I tend to avoid infidelity in fics just in general. It's not a thing that I like reading very much. I think this bothered me less than I thought it would. Um. So that's that's something. Kudos, author. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I just thought it was interesting and the the way that it was handled because it was we were so inside of Russ's head and Russ's head was so Kevin, 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 Kevin nonstop. It made the relationship with PG even feel so peripheral. We got almost nothing about what their relationship actually was like. We just got the reasons Russ felt guilty for being in it.
2: Mhm. I didn't even at first realize that it was like a relationship sure. like yeah because at first i thought it was um just that it just had happened that russ had slept with pg the night before
0: yeah um, i think that
2: was intentional honestly mm-hmm. yeah and then it, it's like later that you sort of find out that they actually like were dating mm-hmm.
1: yeah because it's really talked about from russ's head as sort of like a circumstantial thing that he kind of feels guilty about because it kind of happened and mm-hmm. it's nice but i think he already knows he's like not yeah. Invested, And I think, yeah, it, this fic is interesting because I do kind of remember the first time I was reading it. There's a scene where Russ makes Katie in Russ's body yeah. FaceTime his boyfriend to break up with him. Yeah, and that's when God. I was like, oh shit, like they were actually seeing each other. Like, because that's something that you wouldn't do if you just like had hooked up with someone once and it right. wasn't like a defined thing beyond like one Night, you know? Um, yeah. So I think that I've, I don't know. That that scene is amazing for a lot of different reasons. <laughs> but like, I thought it was really interesting how this fix sort of like clues you into what might actually be the more of like the truth of a matter outside of Russ's perception of something.
0: Ah, that scene. I'm that just scene thinking is about it again. So good. <laughs> should we discuss it? Yeah, <laughs> we should. It starts with Russ in Kevin's body. FaceTiming with Kevin's mom, um, and sort of talking to her and being like, yeah, I'm doing well. The family dog, I guess, was not doing well. I don't know if there were, like, real health issues with the dog. I don't want to know. I hope all dogs are fine. Um, just in general, in the world. Um, uh, yeah, and he at one point sort of goes off the rails a little bit and is just like, oh, yeah, because I, th- I think his mom asks after Russ and he's like, why would I care about Russ? Russ sucks. Like, I've played with better point guards. I'm playing with one now. And it's like, ah, like, these are really probably not things Kevin would be saying to his mom. And there's that description of Kevin sort of like watching him uh, like away from the camera just stricken. Hearing him say these things and hearing these things come out of what is his own mouth, technically. (laughs) Oh, it's just good and then it's followed up with a breakup scene. I just have a lot of feelings about all of it, to
2: be honest. Oh my god, I mean, it's brutal. Because when you're in Russ's head, like, he spends a lot of time thinking about the things that he, like, wanted or still wants from Kevin. um, Especially in the time, like, before... Kevin and Russ's body, like, flies out so they can be together. And, like, one of those things is an apology. Like, he wanted to hear an apology from Kevin so badly. And in this scene where Kevin in Russ's body is breaking up with PG, like, he he gives exactly that. And you can tell this apology is not meant for PG. <laughs> like, this is not Kevin doing his best for, like, Russ's boyfriend. Uh-huh. Like, this is, this is Kevin saying the words to Russ, but not directly to Russ. And it's, like, so brutal how they are speaking at one another, but, like, not directly to one another in each other's bodies. Like, oh my god, please. It's a lot. Yeah, it's, I think
1: that whole bit was truly, like, ah! <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sometimes no, you, you can like, do
1: scream. It's, it's so smart how it really does have them sort of say these things to each other that they really want to say, but can only say when they're not actually talking to each other, because, like, it would be too hard a conversation and it would hurt too much. And, like, neither of them could really, like, admit these actual, like, uh, insecurities or hurts or apologies, like, actually face-to-face. Yeah, this is also, like, day one or something. Maybe day two. But, like, <laughs> this thing does not take place over a particularly long period of time. Um, like, it moves pretty quickly. Um, and so, like, these things bubble up i think quite fast in it but i think this is just such a clever way to have them sort of start these conversations um but not actually like cause i think would have felt forced to try and have them say these things to each other at this moment and this is such a good way to like bring it up without having to sort of manufacture relation or manufacture a conversation that might have felt kind of awkward
2: yeah and i mean it's also not like these things are said on facetime to other people and then everything is okay because it most certainly isn't Uh -uh. um and i'm gonna skip a little bit to the end but um at the end when they do swap back um or like right before they swap back kevin had to kevin and russ's body had to leave to go handle something and then was already on his way back to oakland where russ and katie's body is um and they they swap back like right before basically they meet up again in person and they're in the car together, like back in their own bodies on the way to ba- on the way back to Kevin's apartment. And Russ is basically like, Did you regret it? Like, did you regret mm-hmm. signing with the Warriors? Um, and Kevin basically says no. Like he says he regrets what happened to their relationship. Um, but then he goes, You're so you're so loyal and you expect that from other people, you know? you never take the easy way out. You'll stick it out forever. But I don't want to get crucified just for playing the best basketball I can. And like, that was so good too, because I I love that Kevin wasn't like, yes, I made a huge mistake, like blah, blah, blah. I love that mm-hmm. he was like, I did this for basketball. Yeah. Like, and and I don't regret this choice for basketball, but I do regret what it did to us. Like, I always thought we would be fine. I didn't realize it was gonna destroy us basically. Yeah, well, because
0: for him, the choice seemed, in, in this pick at least, I don't. I can't speak for the real Kevin Durant, uh, <laughs> but in this pick at least, it seemed like the decision itself was actually very simple. And that he, he doesn't feel bad about it because he doesn't think there's anything to feel bad about. Like, he wanted to win, he gave himself an opportunity to win, and then he won twice. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's that easy, folks. <laughs> um, and then Russ says something in that last conversation that I thought was like, really great of the author to bring up because he, he just said like i i felt abandoned and it was like ah okay like that is what is actually going on here it's it's not jealousy it's not like anger necessarily about him like going off to win it's that he went off to win without russ
1: oh, which is so good I and mean, i think that's like what kevin kind of says too he says like i always did think we'd be doing it together or like I, it was weird to do it like and you weren't yeah. here in some regard and i think that part was like very rewarding, too, because I think that's what Russ wants to hear, like, more than anything else, you know? It's just that, like, him having been there would have made things, like, better in some ways, you know? Like, their relationship would have been, um, like, something that Kevin still wants. Like, that's not what he, like, his intention wasn't to, like, throw that away in the way that I think Russ has been feeling for, like, the past two years or whatever. But what I also really like about this fic is despite kevin sort of saying like i don't regret this choice i don't regret trying to play the best basketball i can i don't regret like wanting to win his life like isn't that happy and i kind of love the portrayal of like his weird cold kind of miserable life i mean like it's not miserable like he literally just won like championship or whatever like the finals but When Russ first has that conversation in Katie's body with Katie's mom, she's like so worried about him being like lonely and sad. And Russ is like, what? Like, no way, bro. (laughs) And then when Katie in Russ's body goes off to like take care of some stuff, um, Russ like snoops and looks through Katie's phone and all of these things and like really starts to realize like how kind of sad and lonely kevin probably actually has been and like there's a series where he's like looking through like the last sent messages and like it's so depressing (laughs) because it's like literally like his parents his like trainer his nutritionist like two unlisted numbers like congratulating him that you assume are like people he doesn't like keep up with but who had his number from like ages ago one actual friend and like It's like Warriors group chat. You have left the chat. And I was like, shit. Like that's (gasps) such a good moment because you know, like it's just this periphery of things that have been going on in Russ's and Katie's lives that like influence their emotions and influence their relationship in this fic, but it also isn't like overexplained to us. We just get these little glimpses that really like inform how we read like the whole world that they're existing, and I think it's so well done.
2: And I mean, I think that really ties back to the point both of you guys were saying about like russ not wanting to feel abandoned and wanting wanting to know that his presence in katie's life would make a difference because he had been picturing kevin like living this great life out in oakland and i think that is also pretty central is him finding out that his perception is not reality
1: um yeah so like the last thing i kind of want to mention with this fic is um like while he's kind of snooping around while russ is snooping around through katie's phone um he's like going through all the apps, he's like, oh my God, this is so boring. Like he thought there would just be a lot more to find out kind of. Um, and then as like one of the last things he pulls up is like uh, Katie's notes app. And he finds like a lot of notes in there and he finds one that's basically like all these unsent text messages to Russ. Like the first are a few texts that like he genuinely did, like Katie sent and Russ received, but then like, russ blocks his number not that long after kevin signs with the warriors and like these are either texts that he sent and didn't go through or just texts that he never sent and they sort of go through like seasons worth of drafted text messages and i loved this scene so much like i remember reading it for the first time and having this real like oh shit moment of like all of these emotions and just like really even kind of banal little comments about like the season or about their games that like he wants to make to Russ. And he just like doesn't, but he also doesn't want to just not make them. Um and like the final like text in the notes app is this whole big like I don't even know what to call it. It's sort of the apology of this fic, but like not really. It's what opens the door for the like reconciliation, I guess. Um and, like, it's where he's basically, like, I don't regret it, but I do miss you. Like, I always thought you'd be here. Um, oh, I just really love it. And I don't know, I found this, like, really kind of relatable in a weird way. Like, I <laughs> I don't have, like, a notes app filled with sad texts, but, like, <laughs> I do, li- I just like the vibe of, like, All of his weird little, like, drafts, like, it really reminds me of, like, my, like, Twitter drafts, which aren't that sad, but, like, (laughs) that feeling of, like, you don't really want to send it, but you also don't really want to, like, delete it. But this, like, is, like, taken up to, like, a hundred, you know, of, he's, like, a little too cowardly or too depressed or, like, whatever to actually send them, or he just knows that they won't get through to rest, but he's also kind of, like, too nostalgic to delete them. I don't know. I just really like that mood and like that kind of insight that we get into Kevin's head just through like this behavior that Russ has um, discovered. All right. So that was my fic for this week, Freaky Friday by Hardly the Wiser. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I always enjoy reading a fic for a pairing I don't really know much about. Um, I like being convinced by things. And I think this was a very good fic to sort of convince me <laughs> of this pairing and of like the potential that like you know, it can have for RPF because I think that that's always something that I find so fun in fan fiction is taking like this little granule of something that you actually know about someone and creating this whole like fictional universe around it. Um, So I really enjoyed this one. Uh, Don't at me for not knowing shit about basketball. Thanks.
2: Okay, it is time for another fic about sports, but... Sports. Couldn't be more different than the one before. <laughs> really? For so many reasons. It could um, be like
0: a little bit more different.
2: I guess, but if we're comparing two sports fics, mm-hmm. these pretty feel <laughs> pretty opposite, yeah. Um, in part because, hey, this is for an anime new to the pod. Um, this is, as I said in the intro, uh, Shiver by Yu underscore Chi, and it is a haiku fic. Um... Just a- just a quick note, um, I have only ever watched the anime. I don't know literally anything about the manga, um, and also when I watched the show, I watched it mostly dubbed, um, and then just the last season subbed because the dub was not out yet. Um, the pronunciations of names might be slightly different between those two, so if you are someone who has only listened to the show subbed, then my pronunciations might be a little bit off, and I'm sorry, um, yeah, in case you have simply no idea what IQ is or what is going on, um, IQ is a sports anime about a bunch of boys who, they love b- volleyball so much, there is nothing more important to any of these boys than volleyball, um, as Brenna discovered when I made her watch a couple episodes of the show yeah. with me a couple days you ago. I might
1: think that that's an exaggeration, but based off the three episodes that I watched, um... I truly believe it. I don't think that there's anything that these boys care about more. They would live, breathe, die volleyball, so.
2: Yeah, um, I, I don't know if that's typical for a sports anime. I've only seen two animes, anime, I don't know, in my entire life, so. But first, let me, let me tell you a little bit about the show, uh, in case you don't know anything. Our main characters belong to Krasno High School, but we will not be talking about them. Um, instead, right. we're... Well, maybe maybe we'll talk about some of the Kurosano boys in the future. But for this episode, um, we are going to be talking about characters from one of their rival schools, Aobajosai, um, which is also sometimes referred to as Seijo. At the point in which the show starts, the captain of Josai is Oikawa Toru. Uh, he... He is, as I have lovingly described to Brennan and Nick before, a pretty boy with a complex. Um, he's flirty and popular, but he's also incredibly talented, very good at his position, and he gets super competitive and super intense about the game um, when anything is sort of like threatening his sense of security or sense of winning, basically. The other major character in this fic and the person whose POV we're in is Oikawa's childhood friend and his teammate Uwazumi Hajime. Uh, Oizumi is basically Oikawa's long-suffering best friend who truly just does not care to put up with any of Oikawa's bullshit, but sort of sticks it out with him through all of the stuff they've been through. This fix starts a little bit before the show does, with the characters just about to enter high school, and then it follows them past where the show is at presently, like, through college. Uh, it's a pretty classic, like, childhood friends to lovers, getting together, her comfort, all that good stuff. On that note, I think the only content warning that I have is that this fic is tagged for major character injury. One of the characters does get pretty seriously injured, but he does recover from it, mostly. Um, it's like a, you know, it's a sports injury, so it flares up sometimes, but he he recovers from it. There's no graphic depictions of the injury, um, but I did just want to mention that since it is tagged. Yeah, I got into IQ. Um, Maybe a month or so ago. I don't know. I was like looking for something just to something like light and good that would make me feel happy. And boy, did this show fill that role. Um, And as I was watching it, like the, the moment, the moment that I met Oikawa, I was like, oh no, this one. Um, and I just need to briefly read a text that my friend sent me, because I have a friend who has watched and loved Haikyuu for so many years, and as I was watching it, I was like, hey, Kim, guess what, I'm finally watching this show you love, blah blah blah. Also, I think Oikawa's my favorite as of right now. Uh, and she responded, of fucking course you love Oikawa, you look for the unstable ones with a metal detector. Beep beep, his knee is destroyed and he has a complex about being slammed by other people. The stork may as well have brought him to you, swaddled and delivered.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. What a call out. That's a call out.
2: Yeah, truly. Um, So if you are someone who watches the show and you're like, why aren't you talking about the Karasuno boys? I love them. I will bring fic for them in the future, probably. But I just, you know, sometimes sometimes you have to be a parody of yourself and really just know who your favorite character types are. And unfortunately, this is one of mine. Um, Yeah, I really loved this fic. I thought it was cute and good. And also, quite honestly, I thought it was a good fic to bring given that at the time, Nick and Bren both had never seen anything from the show. And this fic pretty much is only about Aikawa and Awaisumi, so I thought that would be a good intro fic for people who do not want to read about an entire cast of Volleyball Boys they know nothing about. Uh, But yeah, I really liked it. I would love to hear your guys' thoughts as well.
1: Yeah, I thought this was really fun. I definitely agree that it's very readable, knowing very little about this world. I think you kind of just need to know, like, it's a sports anime about volleyball and like their teammates and like good childhood friends and kind of that is really all you need to know to be able to read and enjoy this fic, I think. Whatever it uses from canon is present in the fic, I think, like in a very readable way. It doesn't make a lot of references that are like hard to understand or confusing. And I always really appreciate that in a fic. Like, obviously, I think the point of fan fiction is like people writing about characters they love, but... I also think, like, a lot of us enjoy sort of dipping our toes into fandoms that we maybe only know a little bit about or don't know anything about because a friend, like, wrecked a fic that they just really love or something, and I think that can be such a fun experience to, like, read for something that you know nothing about, and obviously we've all done that a lot on the pod, but I still really enjoy it. Like, like I was saying with my pick, I just like being convinced about a ship. Like, that's one of my favorite parts of fan fiction is reading fix early on, or honestly sometimes even years later, for a ship I've loved for years, and like being convinced again (laughs) by an author. I just like when people put in that work to be like, this is why they belong together. Yes. I wanna see it. (laughs) And I think this fic does a really good job of that. Um it has a very like slow relationship development between them. Um like the first expression of feelings from one of them comes when they're pretty young. But it's many more years before they get together. And during that time, it's really just a a development of their friendship. And I guess of these eventual feelings on um, sort of the other person's part. Uh, But I really like that. Like, I was just, I think it did a lot of work to make us feel invested in their friendship initially. And then also their romantic relationship in a way that was very satisfying.
0: Yeah. I think... This fic had me convinced that if I watched television, I would probably enjoy (laughs) Haikyuu. Will I ever watch an episode? Never say never. You tried the other night, almost. Yeah, I was like, if I finish my essay in time, I will watch one episode of the Volleyball Boys I didn't finish. Well, I finished it on time for the assignment, but not on time for my arbitrary deadline to watch Volleyball Boys do things, unfortunately, so. Alas. Maybe in the future. (laughs) Yeah, I'm still sitting at zero, zero eps watched um it is funny to hear reed be like i started watching this show a month ago like you're our resident anime expert reed
2: please (laughs) that's oh true oh god unfortunately it is true yeah i'm afraid um much like with ren's fic how ren was like i'm so sorry to the basketball fans i am so sorry to any anime fan even if you have watched haiku like yeah i've watched the entire show
0: fandom have a name
2: i don't know this is what i was about to say i don't know anything (laughs) volleyballers (laughs) (laughs) Oh <laughs> volleyballers <laughs> <laughs> doesn't feel very fandom
0: specific that's true that could be a lot of different things yeah
2: anyway i as i kind of have mentioned i've watched two animes in total one of them is this mm-hmm. one of them was bnha mm-hmm. i am not a very good representation of people who frequently watch tv or specifically anime in general <laughs> i mean yeah. okay then we are tied for animes then
1: if you've only what? seen two because i've also seen two they're just different ones
0: Incredible. Yeah. Wow, I'm still at zero. I'm so sorry, everyone. And actually, both of mine are
1: sports anime. I watched Free and I watched Yuri on Ice, but...
0: Oh, you did watch Free. 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 Exclamation point. <laughs> Swim, Swimmers. Yeah. I know I that. don't remember
1: it very well. It was many years ago.
0: Mm, yeah, me neither. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just love sports. It made me miss, like, being part of a team and, like, captaining a team specifically. Like, the camaraderie of that and, like the connections and like the ways in which sort of teamwork is so like made so concrete as opposed to like the ways in which you work on a team like out in the world like we're a team but we're not we're not like
2: are you saying we're a team like three of us <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah
0: as the fit click hosts we're a team
2: oh okay yeah, yeah. and we're reed not, like, if you <laughs> show
0: up late to practice again you're gonna get kicked <laughs> <laughs> yeah off. reed
2: God, Reed. That's so rude. You're always late. No, I was so good about going (laughs) to practice when I played sports, which I did for many years. (laughs) Anyway.
0: Yeah, bring that attitude to the Well. (laughs) God, anyway. I just thought it was cool. I felt like you could sort of tell that the author, either they've played a sport for a long time, or they had me fooled, because it really felt like they did such a good job explaining some of the minutiae of kind of the day-to-day responsibility to a team and, like, how you shape your identity within a sport, especially when it takes up so much of your life and what your future may or may not look like when you're in high school and you're playing a sport. Anyway, um, I just thought it was really great. I found a lot to connect with in that. Um, I liked the characterization. I think it's always fun to have kind of, like, the... How you, you describe pretty boy with a complex, mm-hmm. plus sort of, like, stoic, long-suffering person that, uh-huh. like, loves them anyway. <laughs> very good. Very good ship dynamic. Um, so I enjoyed that. The yearning was very intense. Um, if you're if you're a fan of yearning, this fic might be a good one for you.
2: I think I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say yeah? that the three of us are all fans of yearning. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. I am yeah. going to go
0: out on an even bigger limb. I think many of the people listening are fans <gasps> of yearning.
2: Oh, that too controversial. Hey, if Yearing? you're listening, you yearn <laughs> <laughs> at
0: least once in your life.
2: Whether you want to admit it or not. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Nick, not to try to um, pitch you more on this, oh. on this anime boy uh-huh. that I love, but you speaking about, like, camaraderie, mm-hmm. um, something that doesn't really get into it that much in this fic, I think it's, like, offhand mentioned, but um, one of the main characters from... The the high school that you follow, mm-hmm. Krasano. Um, his name is Kageyama. Yes. He went to the same middle school as Oikawa. Uh they were like three years apart, same position. Kageyama is incredibly talented, very good at what he does, but not good at being a team player. Uh. And so there's a lot of stuff in the anime when, when these two schools go head to head that is sort of like Oikawa is very good. Kageyama, voice. yes, Kagiama is <laughs> more naturally talented, but there's so much emphasis on how like Waikala's so, so, so good at being any type of person that his team needs him to be. He's a niche. Yes. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Like, he pulls the team together really easily and really well. It's one of his skills that makes him sometimes better.
0: That's beautiful.
2: Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just pitching you again on this boy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, pretty good. But he doesn't show up until later, right? If I watch this show, I'm going to have to like... He
2: shows up... Okay, I was looking this up when Bren and I were watching. His first appearance is episode five... Oh. But he's, he's unnamed, I think. that I don't know. It okay. doesn't take him long. He's in, he's in season one. Vaguely related to what we were just talking about. Um, but sort of, I guess, on the trend of me picking these two boys instead of like the main high school. Something that I really, really like about this show is um, I think it gives you a very compelling reasons to care about characters that are not just the Kurosano high school boys. Like whenever there's a really intense game, regardless of whether it's a school that you will see over and over again, or a school that you only see for that one match, you'll usually get like scenes from players from the other team. Like you get their practices, their motivations, their driving desire to win at volleyball. Yes, um, the most important thing in the world <laughs> for for these boys, it is. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I think that's something I really like because, like, at at the end of the day, you want presumably uh, you want Crossnote to win. Like you want them mm. to succeed. But I like that this show gives you really compelling reasons to care about like other other team successes as well and like the narrative paths that these kids from other high schools are going through um and I don't know I thought it was interesting because when I was looking for fic for the pod I like I read a fic by an author and I liked it but like for a couple of reasons I was like oh like I don't think this is quite right for the pod so like let me see what else they've written and I found like 30 fics for a school I had not met yet cause at that point I'd only watched season <laughs> two and I was like this is a lot of fic for like Characters I don't know in the slightest for Chiru Torizawa, but I don't know. I I just found that very, or I find that very fun about the show that, um, it it expands beyond just the school. Like they have friends at other teams and stuff, and like I don't know. I really like that. I think I would too. Maybe someday, maybe. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, like the scene where Okawa first gets injured, because I think it's handled really well it's in so this good. fic and is like such a central point to the whole thing. Um, like basically Hajime, um, who were in his POV, um, or I guess, does the show call him Iwaizumi? Iw-
2: yeah, so most of most most the characters call it? him Iwaizumi. Iwaizumi. Iwaizumi, okay, I think, um, and Oikawa usually calls him, like, Iwa-chan. Um, okay. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah, so but, I guess- But we're in his POV, so he calls himself, or he thinks of himself as Hajime, yeah. which makes sense. So, um, Hajime, whose
1: POV we're in, uh, gets a phone call, at, like, 5am, um, from Oikawa, and, uh, he, like, doesn't even really have to say anything before, like, Hajime is like, okay, wait, I'm coming to get you, and he just, like, goes to their school gym, because- he knows already like what is happening even if he doesn't know exactly what happened um and like oikawa is just like sitting outside and pretending he's okay basically um and uh hajime is like which like which one which of your knees uh because i i guess he's had knee problems
0: before i don't know. Um but or I think that's... it's implied that Hajime has
2: X-ray vision. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, because then he would know which knee. Hmm, hold yeah. On. <laughs> Mind reading?
2: Then he would still know which yeah, knee. He would know which yeah. knee. Hmm. Oh, okay. Uh yeah, Oikawa does like canonically have um like knee issues and yeah, in that this explanation thick... makes yeah. more sense. Um yeah.
1: But Oikawa is like right. I was I felt something go in it. And they both are just, like, oh, fuck, basically. And then is yeah. like, okay, well, like, we're going to the hospital. Like, can you stand? And Oikawa's, like, yeah, I'm good. Like, we don't need to go to the hospital. And he's, like, oh, oh, okay. Like, actually, I haven't been able to, like, stand for an hour. And Hajime's, like, yeah, you fool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and is like, well, it's my knee. And Hajime's, like, yeah, it is your knee. Like, we're going to the hospital. Um, and I just, like... It's such a classic dynamic between characters, but I also like how it felt specific to this moment. Um, Mm. And I just liked how this whole, like, really defining moment between them was handled. It felt really realistic. It felt emotional without being overwrought um, or, like, melodramatic about his injury. It's very just sort of straightforward about the actual injury itself and, like, more focused on its impact on, like, Oikawa. Um... And then this sort of has like ripples and repercussions through the rest of the spec because it sort of determines like Hajime's um like not like career path I guess yeah um it sort of determines like what Hajime ends up wanting to go to school for it determines some sort of later moments regarding injuries it determines sort of like this. Just next step in their relationship, I think, too, is, like, Hajime taking care of Oikawa in this moment and, like, in the scenes afterwards when, like, he is recovering from this slowly. Um, I don't know. It's just really good. I, I liked it a lot. I I don't be like, oh, I like Hurt Comfort fic because I don't always, and I think that can encompass, like, a lot of different things. But yeah. I do find, like, Hurt Comfort Sports Injury fic quite compelling, and this was a really good one.
0: I will go on the record and say, I like Hurt Comfort, period. (laughs) I think it's quite good. I mean, I think usually I like it, but sometimes
1: I go into a fic thinking the author means Hurt Comfort in one way, and then they meant it in Mm. a very different way,
0: so. That's fair. (laughs) It's very broad. Sometimes you don't really know what you're getting into, but you know, when you do, it's like, heck yeah. Um, Yeah, so I, I... I really liked that piece of this fic and how much they sort of leaned on each other and took care of each other and how you sort of get the sense that they are how how to how to phrase this they are each the person that they they okay <laughs> I'm like I'm like short circuiting here live on air um, they okay they are each the only person the other will let take care of them yes. There was a lot going on in that sentence. (laughs) Yeah, But that was what I was thinking and what, like, made it all feel very special in a lot of ways, too. And, like, when it became charged between them, like, that was interesting, too, because they're still relying on each other and it is almost this kind of – I don't – is it secretive? Not necessarily, but it feels very private, like, these interactions they have with each other when they move in together, when – after Oikawa hurts his knee, um, and they go to the hospital and Hajime is taking care of him, um, when they're, like, still in high school. Um. Kai is like wait like can you stay and like come here like I won't do anything just like stay and just like cries into his shirt and that's like the first time they sleep in the same bed and then that happens a bunch. Oh there's just so there's so much intimacy in this fic that is explored in so many different ways and that I think like you said Brenna yeah it feels very specific to like these two characters and their personalities and also their relationship with each other. It I, a lot of it felt very kind of special to this dynamic and I really liked that.
2: There's a bit, I think it's just before Oikawa gets injured, but there's a bit, like, where, um, like, Uazemi knows that Oikawa is like, spending so much extra time at the gym that he's working himself to the bone, um, and there's tension bubbling up, and there's a line about how their other teammates know that, like, some something or someone is going to snap, they just don't know who it's going to be, which I thought was, like, so, oh, it was so good. Um, and I want to sort of, like, circle back to a couple, like, two things that Brent sort of vaguely mentioned, um, but the, the very, very first line of this fic is Oikawa being, like, I'm in love with you, and they are, they've just graduated middle school, and is like, uh, and then just, like, really doesn't say anything, and Oikawa's like, it's fine, I know, like, they move on, um, they sort of have some distance that summer, and then they go back to high school, and, things largely seem normal and fine. Um, and that confession weighs on Uaizumi forever. Uh, it's sort of always in the back of his brain, like, there's a time in high school where a girl asks him out, basically, and, um, he turns her down, and he's, like, judging Oikawa's reaction, and then he's like, why does it even matter? It's been so many years, like, I can't even assume he still feels the same way, like, blah blah blah, all of these things. Um, and there's, there's, it's not like a... It's not like a, oh, I'm not gay, I don't return the feelings. It's just, he just doesn't know, and he's always been so deeply entangled in Oikawa's life that, like, he doesn't, he doesn't know how to sort through those feelings. Um, and so he's dealing with all this, and then there's, like, the bit where at the end of their high school career, Oikawa's, like, what, in, in a faux, casual, offhand way, he's like, what college are you going to? Um, or he sort of asks about his plans, and Oizumi's like, you can't, you can't, like, pick your life, like, based on where I'm going. And then, like, three sentences later, again, in a faux casual way, Uaizumi is like, haha, yeah, like, not that this means anything, but like, I'm becoming like a sports therapist. Mm-hmm. And the very heavy, um, unspoken implication is that he wants to help people in the way that he felt he couldn't when Oikawa had his knee injury. And I was like, the, the dramatic gay <laughs> nonsense of it all, like, they're making these huge life plans based off each other. Um, even while Uaizumi is like, just my good friend, Oikawa, who I would do anything for. Um, I don't know. I just, I thought that was so good, that, that conversation between the two of them. Um, and also, as I found out last night doing some research, oh. it's kind of canon. Um, oh. uh, me I, I guess spoilers. The, <laughs> the manga does a time skip is what I vaguely have learned um and in the future Iwaizumi does become like a sports like trainer. Like a, a That's like, nice. He like does go to study that and Aww. canonically Oikawa does have a knee injury, so I feel like those two things might be related. Maybe. I don't know. Let's we'll just say but yeah. But I really like that scene of the fic. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, yes. It's canon. I don't think any other teammates would have had an injury that would have had an impact on Iwaizumi.
2: No. No certainly not. Oh.
0: And it's not okay. just, like,
1: a, a fact of him, you know, having played sports intensely for years no, and, like... No no no, 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 no,
0: no, It's about the yearning. It is. It is always about the yearning.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, this fic is is very much, like, a childhood friends to lovers fic, which is something I usually don't click on, to be honest. <laughs> not because, like, the fics are bad and, like, this one was very good, but just I think, like, sometimes I struggle with, like, looking back on, like middle school or high school for myself and being like, you were a baby who didn't know your feelings and, like, how can these characters (laughs) understand themselves and what they want in their futures? (laughs) Um, So, you know, that. Um, But I think this fic did a really good job with it. And I, I like that when they get together, they've moved beyond sort of their high school personas um like they go to college and they're going to different schools and they are living together but i just like the evolution of their relationship in that phase a lot i think um i just like that because from what i know of this show like (laughs) it's so much about like their persona as volleyball players and i like that i think that step of them going to college Um, or, like, university or whatever is sort of a step beyond that. Like, Oikawa is still playing, but Hajime isn't, and it's not as central to, like, their relationship anymore. Like, it allows them to take this step beyond, like, their role as, like, teammates and this one understanding of themselves and friends to, like, who they are going to be in this, like, more adult phase of their lives. And there's this bit where they, like, go back to their hometown um, that I think really kind of works well to illuminate this sort of difference in growth that they've had in the time between like graduating high school and when they actually like start to get together as a couple um that I thought was really effective in this fic and like I just I like seeing that development and seeing how their relationship progressed beyond sort of their like high school personas
2: yeah and I think that goes like really nicely into the ending um because as I said at the very, very beginning of this fic, it opens with um, Oikawa saying, I'm in love with you. And it ends with, um, now that they are adults in this relationship, um, it ends with a scene where, once again, he says, I love you. And it's it's not the first time that it has been said in this relationship. Like, you get the implication that they've been dating for quite some time now. Um, but Hajime says, yeah, me too. And this time, nobody's shaking. And I just thought that was, like, a really... Like, a soft and lovely way to, like, bookend the fic, like, this, this parallel from the first scene and, like, seeing how much they've grown and changed, I thought was just really, really lovely. Um, I really liked this fic a lot. Um, as both my co-hosts can attest, I think it's very easily accessible even if you do not watch or care for anime or know anything about Haikyuu. Um, they play volleyball. They're childhood friends. And, uh, if, if you're interested in childhood friends and yearning, as we have said, Mm -hmm. this is a pretty good pick, I think. Uh, so I would recommend checking it out.
0: Okay, so my pick for this episode is Eldritch Detective, The Case of the Startled Salon by Ergiad SLV, Compass Rose, L underscore Dubs, Eljabal, Epaulets, Kes, KitKat50311, Mahon Zondine, Minipods, and CC underscore Rambles. It is an interactive game that is hosted on AO3 Twine and there's an audio only version if you prefer it that way. It is set in the world of the book, The Affair of the Mysterious Letter, by Alexis Hall. Uh, It's essentially a Sherlock Holmes retelling, reimagining. It sounds awesome, to be honest. There's a little blurb at the beginning of this game that gives you a little bit more context of what it is. It's like this sort of magical, underwater-slash-partially-above-water world where Shahrazad Haas is our Sherlock Holmes figure. Um, she's pretty badass. We love her. Uh, she has a fairly crass uh, way with words that I thought was addressed in a really fun way in the fic. Um, and then Captain John Wyndham is sort of the sidekick, um, who he is, like, a trans war veteran. We do stand actually. Um, and then us as the player characters. We are essentially a bunch of interns from the university. <laughs> um, all of the narration is in sort of the collective we, which I thought was really cool, and it made so much sense with all of the people that were working on this and how the voices change. Like, the meta level of that was awesome. Uh, content warnings for this work? Uh, a little hard to define, I think. Um, you also might not actually encounter all of them, but um, just an FYI. Uh, there's some there's some necromancy magic. Um, and just some general body horror stuff and, and death magic, um, and also in general just a bit of, uh, Lovecraftian horror type of a situation. Um, so know that going in. I think it's pretty briefly mentioned in the introduction that you kind of have to get through to get to the actual game itself. Um, but just know that. It's cool, but it's a little gross sometimes. (laughs) Um, Right, so it is a playable game. Um, It's also semi-based off of the collaborative sort of role-playing game Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. I haven't played it. Again, I'm really not familiar with the canon of like any of this. Um, But you're given a lot of clues and then along with your friends you have to try and solve the mystery and there's there's a version you can play where you try to beat Sherlock. Uh, we tried a version of that, sort of. <laughs> uh-huh. And it went well. Mm-hmm. Um, before I get almost any further into this, honestly, I am gonna give the brief, which is not gonna be spoilery really, because it's like the first thing that you see when you get into here, but beyond that, y'all, we are spoiling the ever-loving hell out of this game. So if you have any interest whatsoever in playing a game that could take you anywhere between how long? How long was your run read?
2: Um, I mean, I listened to all the audio, so an hour, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but, uh, if, if you're not if following- If you're speedrunning it. Yeah, maybe if you're speedrunning it, you could do it in, like, an hour and a half.
0: Yeah. mine or you only... could
2: do what I did, which-
1: Oh? I um I, I only did an hour 45, but I cheated on some of the audio. Nice. <laughs> That's fair.
0: <laughs> I played for over four hours, Um, so (laughs) if that gives you an idea, depending on your playstyle, how how, um, much you want to know about just the mystery and how much you want to explore around, um, I would say carve out some time, try to do it in one sitting. Deeply, deeply, deeply recommend that you play this, though. I would love for you to do that, so if there's any part of you that's like, what if I played this game without knowing the answers, pause this and go do that. Uh, We'll be here when you get back. (laughs) Great, welcome back! I hope you had a good time playing Eldritch Detective. Um, we're gonna we're gonna get into it now. So the the brief that you're given as a sort of uh, conglomerate of interns <laughs> <laughs> is, is that the word for- it is now. <laughs> as the interns, you're given this brief. You're you're helping out uh, Shahrazad and and John in their uh, mystery solving because you know they're very busy. Um, the the briefer given is that there was sort of a retreat happening at a writer's salon on this, like, very small island that makes just a couple of trips a day. Um, someone brought a device to that island who set it off and had everyone essentially experience extreme fear. Uh, It's a little bit vague on the the intricacies of what this device is, uh, but that's okay. Um, it's it's a discombobulator, essentially. Um, and you have to figure out who was the person out of the, I think, six people who were present who brought this device and set it off. Who was the target of the attack specifically? Why did they do it? And what are the circumstances surrounding all of this? So that's what you need to know. Also offhand, they're like, oh, and all of these uh, bodies are turning up around. Like, don't worry about it, but that's happening. So that's one of the very many side plot situations. Uh, You go into the game. I played it on Twine. I would really recommend playing it on Twine. It was a really awesome experience. They put a lot of work into coding this. Um, You can discover bodies and it keeps track of how many you've sort of come into contact with. It gives you that info at the end. As you move through different locations and collect sort of items or pieces of information, um, it will keep those for you in an inventory as well to revisit whenever you need to. So that's great. Um, You're also given a news clipping of uh, various things that are going on. Um, if, if you're like me, you go, ooh, shiny, and you start with something totally unrelated to the case. <laughs> Oops, we'll get into that later. Um, there's a song that you listen to that's like an advertisement at the very beginning. There's all kinds of stuff that you're given, um, but I would say Twine would be a really great place to do it if you think that's something you'd be interested in. At the end of the game, once you have decided, hey, I think I know what's going on here, I think I have the information I need, I'm ready to make my pitch, essentially, as to what happened, you're taken to a page that has a bunch of questions, uh, part one of questions and a part two of questions, specifically about the case. Um, On Twine, it's, you can do like show answers, you can click and see, or you can look at the questions and be like, oh no, I don't know, and go back, which is really nice, it doesn't spoil it immediately. Um, but I figured a fun thing to do would be first to sort of explain each of our methods of playing um, and then go one by one answering each of these questions based on what we discovered during the game. So, Reed, do you want to tell us a little bit of how you played?
2: Uh-huh, I would love to. <laughs> um, yeah, so as Nick mentioned, Shahrazad Haas is the, like, Sherlock Holmes figure of this of this narrative mm-hmm. um the creators of this game posted a version or, or a guide i suppose like a, a list of here are the six steps that shaharazad Haas took to solve this case so before we did this nick was like you know it'd be fun i i clicked on basically every single link what if we had one of you do the speed run that is like the guide that shaharazad Haas did and, and have one of you um just sort of play through trying to find the clues but not exploring every single avenue mm-hmm. so i took the speed run uh oh, okay, okay. <laughs>
0: Ooh, she's good
2: <laughs> um first I want to say I was like so not, like disappointed that I could not explore things I was itching to click on so many links but the I was scale like scale of this thing mm-hmm. oh my god it's so so good I'm so blown away so I, I get everyone starts with the same thing like you get the newspaper the advertisement you get a directory of where to go Um, and when you get the direct, or you get a directory that is like, in part, just like a list of names, um, a list of locations. And then at the beginning of the directory is, um, your informants. And before I sort of remembered that I was supposed to be keeping exact track, um, I cheated a little bit. I listened to two of the informants, but they were people, they were characters I had already met. Um. So it's not cheating, really. uh, So it's it's a little bit, but not really (laughs) cheating. Um, got some information there, but not really. And then I was like, oh, wait, 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 I'm supposed to be following this guide. So so I did the six steps, and as I was doing them, I was like, I'll write down what I would have done and then where I was told to go. Oh my god, I had no idea, no idea what was going on. <laughs> Simply no clue why I was I was going to certain locations. Like, I am so curious. Um, if you are one of the creators of this, if you are listening What's to that? this podcast, hello. <laughs> um, I am so curious as to know if the Shaharazad Haas route first of all, I I will also say I am really, really bad at puzzles. Like when our D&D group does puzzles, oh my God, I'm so glad my character has canonically super low intelligence because she can't (laughs) contribute and neither can I, folks. Um, I am really bad at puzzles. So there's a chance that like this route has more information than I was able to glean from it. But what I am curious about is like, if the order that they were posted in is intentional, because I simply could not figure out how if I did not have this guide, I would have gotten from, like, certain, like, one person or or place to another. Um, I have, I was posting in our personal Discord, sort of, as I was doing it, like, spoiler free. Uh, Nick comes bursting into my room and is like, where are you at? Yeah, like, just walked I, in. I was like, I'm at the last clue. And Nick was like, okay. Nick watched me listen to it, then hit the, I'm ready to solve it. And I looked at the questions and went, uh, <laughs> I don't know anything. Um... Then I took, like, a little bit of time to marinate in the few pieces of information I'd been given. And I have a couple guesses, but, like, <laughs> oh, my God, this world is so cool. And yeah. I really just wanted to explore it. And instead soon, I'm sitting here, soon. like,
0: I don't know what's It's going almost on. your chance. It's almost
2: my <laughs> chance. I mean, fully, fully as soon as we're done recording this, like, I even though I'll be spoiled for it, I'm going to go through and yeah. click every single link and listen to every single thing because I loved What I was allowed to explore.
0: Yeah, really quick before we go to Bren, I I don't know that I made this super, super clear. Each page, each location, each person has text, but it is also fully narrated, voice acted and soundscaped, which was incredible. So if you have the opportunity to listen to it, highly would recommend that you do that because it was really cool.
1: Yes. So out of the three of us, I was the one who played through... Um I I played it personally like I was trying my very best in the world to solve the mystery and I already knew stuff about the world so I didn't need to like explore, I just needed to solve the mystery. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that was like my like assigned mental yeah, status. Like the going organic into this. approach. <laughs> yeah. So I was really trying to think like where would where would the where would like my player character go? What are the steps? All that kind of stuff. Um I think like when I By the time I sort of finished playing my version, my playthrough, I sort of came to the realization that I think there were kind of two playing methods I could have taken. And I think the one I took was a little bit more circuitous. Mm. Um... In the sort of main directory that you get that is like where you can go to different locations and talk to different people from, there's a category of informants. And each of those has a slight description of kind of like what kind of info they might have or like where they work or something like that. And then there's just a bunch of places, names, stuff like that that you're probably going to like, one person might be mentioned by the person you're talking to right now. And then you're like, ooh, that's the next person I need to go talk to or whatever. I think had I gone through the informants first. I would have solved it quicker. Mm -hmm. I started with just the people mentioned in the brief, the people we knew who were at the Mm -hmm. salon, and didn't go to the informants unless they were my logical next step. Um, But I think some of them I didn't... like. At one, like towards the end, I had like half of it solved or like maybe even two thirds, but there was some stuff I wasn't certain about. And then clicking on the informants really like got me the rest of the info because I didn't know what my next step was going to be. So I think if I had just gone through the informants first, that would have been like my faster route. But I don't know that that would have been like the better or more satisfying playthrough. I don't know. So that was just something I was sort of musing over. But I'd say this took me probably about, yeah, an hour 45 ish um but i will say i did not fully listen to the audio in all of the stories or like interviews or moments i clicked into um, especially towards like the climax of me figuring out the plot i was reading a lot faster than the narration like than the audio clips um, and i just like wanted to get there so i would like click and i listened to like a bit of the audio and then I would just, like, click back because I'd read the whole thing already. <laughs> um, and I was, like, ready in my brain for the next one. Um, but that being said, like, the audio parts are incredible. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been harder for me to solve had I just listened to the audio yeah. because, like, there's so many names. There's so many, like, clues, like, that have titles and places and i'm not familiar with this world um so having the having the written part was definitely helpful for me in trying to solve it but yeah i would say i probably clicked about half or a little bit under half of like the links in the directory to solve it um i think i have the full answer i do have lingering questions so i'll be curious to know whether nick has more info on these things um, or whether that's just like as much as we get yeah
2: <laughs> Yeah, I do, I do think if I was playing this sort of organically, um, even though Twine does a fantastic job of keeping your inventory, I absolutely would have been taking notes because <laughs> like Bren said, there's a ton of like names and places and whatever. I didn't realize that Twine kept your inventory because was oh, no. the
1: first time and it was just my directory yes, I did and, the same and thing. a bug. So <laughs> I didn't click back through to it to like almost the end. And I was like, Oh, okay, so my like four pages
2: in this Google Doc I didn't <laughs> <them. laughs> um, Yeah, I mean, even with the inventory, I think for myself it, it is helpful to see stuff written out. Mm-hmm. Um so I probably would have taken notes. But no, I I had six steps mm-hmm. and I followed them and I Good job, I don't Chiharazad. know what the
1: six steps you took were. I have to go look after this because I'm insanely curious. Oh yes. oh I will
2: I will tell you. Um and if you are one of the people who has played this game, which if you haven't, once again, hey, this hey, is our hey. pitch. <laughs> go go play here. this game. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let me let me tell you what my steps were.
1: Okay, okay. I'm so curious because I wrote down all of mine in order, like what I clicked. So. Okay, yeah.
2: So I started going to the docks at Essitz Cove, Ecket's Cove, I can't mm-hmm. remember, which is where the, like... <laughs> Brenda knows this clue. Which is where the salon, like, uh, was mm-hmm. attacked. So yes. that track, I, that me read as a regular player, I probably, if I didn't start there, that would have been one of my first ones. Mm-hmm. Then... I go to Percy Luttrell. Who is that? Was he mentioned at the docks? No. Was he, one of, was he one of the people at the salon? No. Doesn't matter. I'm talking to Percy now. <laughs> okay. We've... I never talked to Percy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I talked to Percy. And um, in it, he mentions just a scathing dislike of a man named Vassil. Mm-hmm. I want to go talk to Vassil, but alas, instead I'm being pointed <laughs> towards the mise en Beam, uh, which is a theater. Um, which Percy did mention, so that, that was a sort yeah. of logical progression, even though it wasn't the one I wanted to take, that's fine. We go to the theater, um, I find out all the stuff about Vasile, and this other guy, Yakimo, and this, like, the dispute. The is incredible. Um, there's some stuff going on there. Okay, I'm Can at the theater. They sing a whole song! The they song. sing a whole song! <laughs> it, it's
0: gore- I listened to it again, literally earlier today, I was oh like, I God. just want to witness this again, because it's
2: Beautiful! So I'm at the theater and, and maybe maybe now you think I talked to Vassil or Yakima or even the bank that got mentioned. No, to the floating library I go, Fata Morgana um that was one of the informants um yeah. and so and it's I, next door to the theater that's what you've decided
0: yeah i just i think <laughs> this is what makes sense this is just shaharazad minimizing the number of steps she has wait to take there is the a library, map though. Like,
1: floating <laughs> Don't and you have like it. aren't you like canonically supposed to take like transportation to get to the floating library is that like jumps. one of the things
2: <laughs> okay instead of 10 foot <laughs> vertical leap it's like 300 foot vertical leap.
0: <laughs> let's go shaharazad <laughs>
2: Uh yeah, so after after the theater, uh we go to the library. Mm-hmm. Um which again, like I said it was an informant, so like m- maybe if I was playing this game normally, I would have I would have gone to it earlier. I don't know. Um I learn a bunch of stuff there about like a battle and this like bullet that pops in and out of existence and that's very cool and I have zero idea what that is <laughs> supposed to be related to literally anything that I have learned previous. Okay, moving on. <laughs> I go to Lord Barami. I go to his apartment, but he is not there. No. So I'm investigating Um, I am investigating his apartment, um, I find one of those mysterious bullets that I learned about in the library, so I was like, ooh ooh, a clue that I don't know what it means, but here's something that's related. (laughs) Yeah. And also while snooping around in Lord Barami's apartment, um, I find a wax cylinder thing that is, like, a musical, but I can't understand what is being said until I put it underwater. So from there I go to the docks at Shattered Point. Naturally. Um, I speak to someone whose name I can't remember right now. He gives me uh, a worm I swallow to breathe underwater. Very gross. Did not like that at all. <laughs> um, I go underwater. I listen to this song being sung. And that's it. <laughs> Time to solve it. And you did. What? You were in my room and you were like, yeah, here's here's some like, you know, like this this song that you get from the wax cylinder. Like that uh-huh. illuminates some things not for for me me. those
1: are like some of the most crucial parts I will say like a lot of the ones you mentioned are what helped me solve this the library in particular is what the informant I wished I had gone to earlier Mm -hmm. I only went to the library because it was listed as an informant I never got a clue to like go to the library but then the library i was like
0: oh about like everything (laughs) yeah i'll be able to elucidate some of these things later i think because the order i did was whack but i i I can think of the suggested order (laughs) yeah and how you might get to these places a little bit earlier or later um but I did the completionist route, um, I listened to this before I decided I was bringing it for the pod, as usually we <laughs> look at our works before we bring them. <laughs> In Hopefully. fact, always, I would yeah. say. Yeah, so this is a, this is a work for Pod Together 2020, which is a fandom event, um, that happens annually where writers and podfickers team up to essentially create works of audio mastery, um... So it's it's a very, very cool event. Reed and I actually participated this year with Friend of the Pod Cassie um, and made what I think is a pretty fun thing. But ooh, don't yeah. worry about it. If you find it, it's cool. If not, that's cool too. <laughs> um, But this was so far beyond anything I could have expected. The creativity in this event was, like, off the wall.
1: The audio is seriously, like, so cool. Like, the first clip like i clicked on when they had little like intro music and the soundscaping and mm-hmm. all the different voices i was like shit
0: <laughs> yeah this is they they were not playing games <laughs> mm-hmm. i get it because they were making games anyway oh boy uh, <laughs> i clicked around like uh, a, a gal possessed really <laughs> i i went in the first clue that i clicked on was something i'd seen in a news article because they were like oh someone found a finger in their pasta and i was like i'm going to this <laughs> (laughs) Restaurant. That was my first place. (laughs) And it didn't get better from there, folks. (laughs) I, at the time of recording, have clicked on and listened to every single page available. At the time of finishing the game, I had done all of them shy maybe three or four um it was pretty much everything like i was popping around the only reason i missed a few was because i couldn't remember what i had done yet <laughs> and i was like okay i think i've got it um there was a point where i thought i had solved it and i was like am i missing something so i kept going <laughs> i was like i can't be stopped yeah and one other thing about this that i realized as i was going was that like it became very easy to forget the brief because i'd be like, ooh. This is a mystery I can probably solve. Like, there's there's a threesome in here. Oh, um, there's there's a, a a sort of secret tryst between three people that I was like, this is fun. And then I closed the loop and I was like, oh shoot, back to the case, back to the case. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I even got to Evadne de Silver, um, who's the one who's who has all of the dead bodies. Oh, you didn't meet her. Spoilers. Sorry. Uh huh. Um, anyway, I don't even think that Reed's playthrough solves the
1: second mystery. I nope.
2: I do not. There's the one point where I went to the theater. It's mentioned, they're like, oh, our lead Katrina, I think her name mm-hmm. is. Like, Katrina's late, um, yeah. and we don't know where she is, but she's, like, one of the, like, people who's been, like, being targeted for these murders. Uh-huh. I was like, Katrina, are you okay? Like, can I go track this down? No. Mm. I absolutely no part of the people being murdered plot <laughs> was on my track. Shaharazad was there for the one case that they had been asked to solve, and yeah. presumably Shaharazad solved it, even though I read did not. Yeah.
0: Well, okay, not to spoil too much more then about the questions, but the only reason I even got to her was because I was hunting down the woman with the purple hat, who was the one who had been seen in the restaurant <laughs> that I went to.
1: <laughs> I thought you were going to say that was talking to, like, what's his face? Oh, um, I got there later. Like, <sighs> Mr. Benarama, whatever, I can't, yep. I don't know his name. Yeah, oh, I, I got there later. Jamal, I think
0: jamal yeah i got i got there significantly later i didn't talk to almost anyone that was at the writer's salon until maybe halfway through my playthrough
2: oh my god (laughs) those
0: were my those were my first i went through all of them and then i was like okay well i was just here to party i was like what's happening what is this what is all oh my god this is so cool i'm just gonna go ham on it i did like a twitter live tweet thread where i was just like ah for several tweets which was fun um but yeah I just, I had a great time. I hopped around. There was a point where I was just clicking randomly. I was like, where haven't I been yet? Maybe this will give me a hint. It was just a random one-off place. I was like, that was neat. Okay, where where to next? (laughs) I mean, that is fully what I want to do. Like, the Pearl Farms was one of them that I loved. It was so funny. (laughs) It was just cute. But, like, it had nothing to do with the mystery or, like, anything else that was going on. And they populated the world so fully. Ugh, I just have feelings about it.
2: Uh, in the very beginning, the creators of this left a note that, um, even if you haven't read the source material, if you like detective mystery or, uh, Lovecraftian fantasy oh, tropes, yeah. you will like this. Which I feel like the need to mention because, like, yes. um, one of the things I did get to listen to is the very beginning when the auger comes to be, like, here's the mm-hmm. case I have. Um, he goes to the salon or the apartment, basically, where Shahrazad is. And the landlady, I think, mm-hmm. her name is Mrs. Hive- She's a collection of bees living in someone's, like, decomposing corpse. And, like, for that bits the of audio where she's so around, there cool. there are, like, buzzing noises in the background. Um, which I just mentioned this because, like, the you were saying, like, the soundscaping and the setting. Mm-hmm. The setting is very, like, um... I, I was gonna say eldritch horror, but, like...
0: Well, there was a point where I was fleeing for six pages straight. Oh! Like, six clicks straight, so... <laughs>
2: So I guess Aldrich, like yeah, Lovecraftian whatever. I think is the right way to frame this. Like the world building is so cool, and also sometimes some of
0: the more horrifying ones.
2: No, but but the bits that I did get kept catching me (laughs) off guard because I kept forgetting. Hey, so should we get into the questions? Maybe. Yeah, let's do it. I'm really curious. Uh huh. I think this is once again. This is my point. Where like, yes, we've spoiled some things. If you haven't played this game,
0: now is the time. This is really the point of no return. Yep, there's no going back from this. All right, Reed.
2: Yeah, I would love to answer these for you confidently and correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, great. Who was the architect of the threat at the writer's salon? The the shiftiest person that I have encountered <laughs> is Lord Barami, so I'm going with him because there's some stuff with like Okay, hold on. We we'll, may we'll get this later. But okay. Who who was the target of the threat? No fucking clue. Um, presumably so- someone associated with the theater. And the reason I say this is because question number three is why was the target threatened? All I really have got is that, like, th- so there's, like, drama happening at the theater because Vasil's play is going on, but, like, Yakimo's play is being funded by, like, a mysterious benefactor who I gather is Lord Barami, but it's not being put on, so there's, like, some pressure from the bank. That That's it. I don't know. S- somewhere in there is the motive. Um, to what company did Lord Barami formally belong? Um... There is a bit at the library where you find out about some, like, battles, and it mentions, I think, like, Havoc Company, um, and maybe another one. I don't remember. That's the only time I remember the word company being mentioned, so I'm going to say that. Mm -hmm. What actually happened at the Battle of Burnham Pike? Um, I hold up to you a picture of the notes in my inventory that I took at the library. Whatever that says word for word, Mm -hmm. that is what I offer as my answer.
0: Reinforcements were called in.
2: Reinforcements were called in. At
0: the last minute to come and, like, help them win.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Also, again, something about magic bullets. Okay. Um, where can Lord Barami be found? Simply no clue. At no point did I talk to him. Great. <laughs> Part two, which is talking about the carcosan bodies and the murders that have been happening. Mm-hmm. I really have nothing. Who is responsible for the and bodies being tur- uh, turning up around the city? Eh. Who is responsible for bringing the bodies into Clothraven? Nope. For what purpose? Your guess is as good as mine. (laughs) ficklets who haven't played this game, and what (laughs) happened (laughs) here? They shouldn't be (laughs) here. What happened to Katrina uh, De La Martienne and Augur Garibaldi? Well, Katrina didn't show up for theater practice, and Augur Garibaldi didn't show up for work. So they played hooky, and Uh, that's my final answer.
0: when someone asks what happened to them, I usually am like, they played hockey.
2: <laughs> and there you, there you have it, folks. That is all you need to know. I, I do mm-hmm. once again just want to say, if any of the creators of this are listening, um, I'm very bad at puzzles. So if you meant for this to be more solvable in those six steps, I am sure that you did a wonderful job. I am just really bad at this kind of thing. I especially think with limited info. It is,
0: but only because I have all of the additional context already. Oh boy. <laughs> but like the part two questions. No, the part two are probably aren't not solvable. I don't think so. The yeah. part two is like
2: bonus. But part one yeah. maybe maybe <laughs> I could have made some more um educated guesses if I was better at piecing together clues, but that <laughs> is what I've got for you. you did amazing.
0: Brenna, you want to give us your go at it?
2: Yeah. So I, I
1: have answers to all but, like, one of these questions, which okay. is, like, the very last one. But there are, like, I still have questions about some of my answers. Okay. <laughs> so I think that there might be more things that you could have filled in if you clicked through everything. Mm-hmm. But I sort of, once I thought I had the answer, there are two slides that basically say, um, if you're stuck, here's where to yes. go. So, I did both of those, oh, and those nice. did not lead me to anything I hadn't already found mm-hmm. on my own. I so, I said, thing. okay. <laughs> All right. So, this is what I've got. The architect of the threat at the writer's salon was Lord Barami. The target of the threat was Vasily Kovac. Vasily Kovac was threatened because there are contents in his new opera that's being shown or like planned to be shown at the theater that. Lord Barami doesn't want getting out. Lord Barami previously did belong to the Havoc Company, who were involved in question five, what actually happened at the Battle of Burnham Pike. Um, the, like, going story via the historians is that, like, there were reinforcements that basically came through this hidden ravine at the last moment and changed the outcome of the battle. What actually happened is Sort of that, but they didn't just come through the ravine. They came through a time loop or time fold 18 days prior. And that's what uh, Kovac's opera is about. Um, Lord Barami can be found. Let me get to there uh, in my notes. Yes, Lord Barami can be found in the Unremembered Gardens.
2: Can I just really quick? Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) I do want to say... When I, when I was playing this a couple days ago, when Nick and I were going through the questions together, mm-hmm. I actually did, did at some point remember, I was like, oh, the target maybe Vasil because he was yeah. in the writer's salon in the opera. I, I did forget that at the point of recording. Uh, Otherwise, I you weren't confident. No, I would have said Vasil if I had remembered, but mm-hmm. then as Brenda was speaking, I was like, oh yes, he was on the list. That was a thing I did put together. Yeah. I'm going to give myself like a two and a half out of six for those questions. Sure. Um, I got the gist of some of them. I'll give it to you. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Let's go, part two. Okay. Who is
1: responsible for the and bodies showing up around the city? This is where I have some questions, and I'm not sure I got the full mm-hmm. answer in what I did. Mm-hmm. But mostly Evadne de Silver, but in a roundabout way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, who is responsible for bringing the bodies into Clothraven? Also Evadne de Silver, but also the um... Uh, The Reef siblings, they're the Mm -hmm. ones actually doing the smuggling, but it's like Evadnidi Silver's plan that's bringing them in in the first place. Mm -hmm. Um, For what purpose? She is using necromantic magic to smuggle refugees out of... Is it just Carcosa? Yeah. Okay, she's using necromantic magic to smuggle (laughs) refugees out of Carcosa. Uh You can't leave Carcosa if you're alive, but you can leave Carcosa if you're dead. Correct. So she... She and the Reef siblings smuggle bodies back and she reanimates them. But something went wrong with this last shipment that wasn't... I'm. That's where I'm a little bit mm. hazy on, like, how the bodies ended up where they were and, like... Yeah. What kind of went wrong there? I stopped investigating. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's some more stuff in, in like, in the underwater study of Ven I might have been able to get to that I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um because I went to De Silver way before I went to Venn so I kind mm. of already knew like yeah. that part and then I just stopped looking for more answers um so I'm not 100% sure about like how they ended up around the city but like she's the one who's been collecting them and is the responsible party for like them being in Clothraven at all um what happened to Katrina and Auger Garibaldi I don't really know Ooh. they I think that they bought dirigible tickets Mm -hmm. but i didn't ever go to like any of the dirigible stuff or talk to any of the other dirigible people like it's in the news and stuff i didn't talk to anyone involved in it so something probably bad
0: happened to them that i don't know about okay wow bren that was very good part one pretty much 100 percent accurate you 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 nailed it you're missing i think i don't and, and you didn't have to elaborate on this stuff. So I don't know if you were missing it or if you just didn't say it. Um, so for me, I'm not going to answer these questions because I have pretty much the exact same answers except for the last one. Um, but yes, uh, Lord Barami was a member of the Havoc Company. He essentially became this... You kid? Were you going to say this stuff about, like, the the gun and the bullet? The gun and the bullet. Also him being Admiral Boar, uh, which is an oh, yeah, anagram yeah. of Lord Barami. Um, oh, I
1: didn't put that together. Yeah. I figured that part out really early though. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah.
0: Just based on like the
1: letters from the mm-hmm. bank and the tobacco smell. Yes.
0: Yeah, so that's him. He was a he was a member of this company. So there's this war that's being fought not just over space but over time. And essentially, Vasily was like, ha ha ha, I found this like letter from this person who fought in the Havoc Company, I think it would be a beautiful idea for an opera. Lord Barami was like, uh, excuse me, sir, if people remember that it happened this way, then there's a chance that someone else could go back and change the outcome again, so that we don't necessarily win. Um, there's a part where Scheherazade, if you go to her for a hint, is like, hey, If you aren't sure exactly which version of events is correct, think about who has a vested interest in, like, covering up information. So the library and the university, um, if you went there, both are, like, uh, yeah, what happened was there were reinforcements, and that was cool, and the battle is over. Um, at the university, they're essentially, like, a Company, Company of Strangers, they're the same thing. Um, that's that's a load of hooey. That's nonsense. Get out of here with your nonsense. Um, but it's actually true. Uh, you can find Lord Barami at the Unremembered Gardens. He can't remember anything. Um, he had arranged for his own memory to be taken away after all of this happened in order to continue protecting sort of this information
1: that's the part like I didn't know his motive and I didn't know where to find his motive because I Mm -hmm. thought I had figured everything else out so I couldn't figure out who else to go to yeah um and then once I sort of clicked through to the uh like here's the hint if you're really stuck and I realized I'd already talked to all those people I was like well
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah this stuff did make more sense to me too after I had done the game, read the brief, read the answers, and then I came back to it and I started putting Hmm. stuff together more easily. That makes sense that like I hadn't even thought about like oh if someone knows that
1: it was a time jump they could just undo it. Like I didn't think about that but that makes so much sense. It's
0: dangerous. I also like
2: that when when Nick you came into my room to watch Uh me do the ending you said that talking to Lord Barami would like brought so many things into clarity for you. Yes. I did not speak to this man. You
1: sure didn't. <laughs> he didn't, I, I, he didn't tell me, like, he didn't tell me anything I didn't already knew. I I knew he was going to have his memory wiped when we found him. Mm-hmm. Um. I just didn't realize, like, I couldn't ever figure out why he wanted to get it wiped, other than he didn't want the information getting out, but I didn't put together, like, why he didn't want the yeah. information getting out.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's interesting, because you, you get some stuff at the sort of, auger of sorcery place i forget what the actual name of it is but they're like don't do illicit magic um and as you're there you kind of get in trouble for having this device and they're like what the hell is wrong with you and then you have to sneak out it's a whole thing oh uh, i mean you don't have to do anything it happens in the narration but as you're leaving you hear someone yelling about um an arranged amnesia sort of ritual situation and that's lord barami uh which is pretty cool um yeah part two you pretty much had bren um it's, I think that the way they structured the answers had, like, one of the siblings being the one who's responsible for them turning up around the city. Um, I forget her name. Oh, it's right here. Um, Asenath. Yeah, she was dealing with the shipments and there was an issue with them and she wasn't able to process them and then the bodies went, Yeah, Because
1: she's the one who do- has, like, it's usually the brother, but in this last week it was her who took over. So I figured something went wrong there, I just didn't know what it was
0: yeah um and then bringing the bodies into the actual um Kilothra ven, which is the location where this takes place, uh were Evadne de silver and Enna grief, um aided by Jamal Benamara, who is sort of the boat dude yeah <laughs> um, Jamal, he's kind of a homie. Um, yeah, the purpose you nailed, uh, to smuggle them out and then reincarnate them, essentially. Um, and then Katrina and Augur Garibaldi eloped, which I believe- Ah! I know, they're in love. Um, if you go to her residence, um, you can see there's sort of this dramatic kind of letter situation and also an implication that she is going to air travel somewhere. Um, Yeah,
1: I went to hers and you find the tickets. yes
0: tickets for two people in the dirigible Oh, the dirigibles, you're right, you're right. Yeah, because then I went to And then at to... his place you
1: find the letter. Yeah. And so I figured that they went together because there were two tickets. I just like when I saw this I was like,
0: oh no, then did like the dirigible crash and they like died or something. No. <laughs> but- Okay, so with the dirigibles too, there's three main racers. They're all in love. If you talk to all three of them, it's really cute. There's like this secret thing. Um, one of the other people, I forget who it is. Um, I think it's one of the people at the docks is like, ah, you know, they like, they don't just finish together in the dirigible race. And I was like, what? <laughs> okay. Oh my God. Um, but no, you, you find out, I think someone at some airport... Analogy, whatever the the airport is here, um mentions that they had like flown off together or whatever, and they they get to be in love and happy and leave. So nothing bad happened to them. Actually, they got to elope. They both played hooky, and they're in love. Okay,
2: listen. I said they played hooky. Mm-hmm. That was technically correct. Technically not, and I I almost said that. I almost said they're on vacation, which also would have been a, a little bit yeah not incorrect. An extended vacation, <laughs> well, maybe. Here's the thing. I think given all of the things i could have guessed i feel pretty okay with guessing they played hooky and it turns out they eloped together um yeah i wish Ficklets. i wish you could have seen my face (laughs) when specifically when bren was explaining what was going on with the crocos and bodies like literally jaw dropped just oh my god this game is so good and clever and i am in awe of every single person who put it together and wow do i know so many more things than i did before
1: I wish I had gone to the library so much mm-hmm. earlier, the mm-hmm. library or the university, because
0: changer, I made, literally yeah. wrote a note.
1: I, I went. Th- I figured out where Lord me was. I figured out he had no memories. I figured out all that stuff, and then I said, "Okay, I feel like I'm two thirds of the way there, but I'm missing pieces, and I want to make the smartest choices from here." And I didn't know where to go because mm-hmm. I'd already found him.
0: Well, it's hard, <laughs> but the I didn't game know why long-linear. he'd done the
1: things he'd done until I went to the library.
0: Yeah, it's tough because the information doesn't change depending on when you go somewhere. Mm-hmm. So it's very I, my my biggest kudos. How on earth did they put this together? Like, it's I have no idea. Wild and like I know that they probably got
1: people to play test it, but like, yes. dang, like this could be a game I would buy for like forty dollars at the game store, oh, totally. and I would be thoroughly satisfied with my purchase. Yeah,
2: didn't you say Nick that like? you commented some things because you played it like immediately yes. when it came out and they were like our play testers didn't even find some of this yeah. stuff well like because they their play testers were playing to win i was playing to go ah and their play <laughs> testers were like me
1: who were like yeah
0: <sighs> yeah i i went to the pearl farms where there's like you know pearl farmers and this like gay couple was just kind of vibing there and they're like what's up and you're like what's up you know anything about this and they're like nah and you're like okay <laughs> then you leave yeah. <laughs> I mean, as you can see, we all had pretty different experiences. Um, I, would again recommend playing this tell a friend play it again honestly like go back and find stuff that you missed because i think it's really worth it um i just want to say again such a huge kudos this is such an accomplishment um the fact that this even exists is amazing to me i love that fandom can like create something like this that doesn't even necessarily feel like fan fiction in a lot of ways but
2: we've brought a lot of things to the pod that we're like this feels like not like fan fiction this to me is the furthest departure we have ever taken in a yeah. way that I loved.
0: Yeah, it's so cool to see sort of the the real, true breadth of what a fan work can be. Um, but I had a really great time with this. I'm delighted that I was able to play it, and I'm glad that I got to make you two play it as
2: well. We're gonna talk about this so much more as soon as the recording I know. is done. <laughs>
0: So thank you so much for listening to this episode. We obviously had a good time recording and had a lot of feelings. So I hope that you were able to join us, um, at least in one of those things. Um, if you want more of the FitClick experience in your day-to-day life, or just want to stay up to date with what we're up to, um, both with the podcast specifically and some events that we generally run, uh, with listeners, you can find us on Twitter at FitClick. On Tumblr at fitclick.tumblr.com. We have a Discord server as well that you can join that's linked on our Twitter and our Tumblr. And you can also email us if you would like to speak to us in a longer form at fitclickpod at gmail.com. Yeah, we also have some merch up on Redbubble. You can find that
1: via a link on our Twitter if you are interested. Also, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you are so inclined. They mean a lot to us and they definitely help us grow our listenership. So if you have something positive you'd like to say about the pod, uh, we'd love to hear from you.
2: So this is normally the point in the outro in which we would tell you what fix we're bringing for the next episode. But next episode is a little bit different and very, very special. It's our one year anniversary! (laughs) (laughs) Um, wow... Absolutely wild to think that this podcast has been going for a whole year. Um, so, instead of doing our typical three-fic format, we are going to be uh, taking a look back at some of our favorite discussions um, from the past year. We also currently, as of the time of this episode coming out, we have a Google form up on Twitter where you can submit questions for us, like any questions you might have about the pod um, or just about us if you want um comments your favorite fix your favorite episodes um just anything you might want to chime in um at the time that this episode is being released it will be up for two more days it closes on october 5th so if you haven't filled it out yet please 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 we would time we would love to hear from you um we already have had some responses that have been so so delightful to look through so yeah we're just gonna be taking a little a little look back a little reminiscing about this podcast that we do. Wow. Yeah, so with that being said, we
1: also don't have standard picks for next week. Um, in case that wasn't <laughs> uh, fully apparent and you you were still like, wait, but what are they going to discuss? We will be discussing fic. We just don't have three picks for next week. So don't worry, don't worry about, about it. it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you can look forward to that very, very special uh, anniversary episode coming out on October 16th. And we hope you'll join us. Bye!